The Thanksgiving episode of Insurance Happy Hour is brought to you by Family, driving you to drink since 1621. Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. And I'm Becky. So a few weeks ago, we started talking about liquor-related topics because people ask, are we really drinking on this show, right? Mm -hmm. And today is... The day before Thanksgiving. And I'm going to really tee you up on this one, but do you want to take a guess of when is the largest liquor sales day of the year? The day before Thanksgiving? (laughs) That's right. Now, I don't know why it's that way. Uh, Because people are going to go spend time with their family. (laughs) I see. That's that's you know, people always try to go the the nice route, and then people go the reality route. Mm. The nice route is... Yes, I want to buy all of my liquor before the season so I have it for my Christmas parties and all of that. The reality is, oh my God. <laughs> I have to spend how much time with my family? Uh, let's get more. Oh, in laws are coming over. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Oh, he's bringing that crazy girlfriend. Oh, I need more liquor. Mm. Yes. So this is the heaviest uh, liquor buying day of the year. And my question is, do you have a specific holiday-related drink that you like or or one that really reminds you of the uh, – It's not alcoholic, but you can put alcohol in it. Oh, what is it? Hot chocolate? Wassel. What? Wassel. Is that where you br- grind up a waffle in a thing and <laughs> – No. <laughs> uh, it's like a – it's a – you're not going to like it because it's hot. Um, it's a it's a mixture of um, cranberry juice, apple cider, cinnamon, nutmeg. I think we use the frozen orange juice concentrate and mm-hmm. frozen lemonade concentrate. Okay. And then you just warm it up over the stove, on the stove, and it smells amazing. It tastes I was going to say it smells like something that you would actually use as a homemade potpourri. Potpourri. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess, um, but yeah, that's that's throw some cloves, cinnamon sticks in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. I, I I know. I actually you could add vodka to it, but I actually know what you're talking about. I've never had it, and yeah. you're right because I don't like uh, hot drinks and I don't like cold food. I'm that I'm that <laughs> weird person. Is like it just yeah, I don't like cold food. I don't like hot drinks and all that. Yeah, I, I was wondering because a lot of people really bust out some really nutty drinks during this time of year. Mm. So I wanted to uh, give your best alcoholic recipe um, for this uh, nice year. I will start so you can't take mine. Okay, okay. You're gonna you're you're gonna think it's it's wrong. Is actually take and this is straight up. You have to have them ultra ultra chill. Oh, I hate you. You did take the best one. I know. I know. I did. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you take uh, what you do is you go out and you get Jack Daniel's honey mm-hmm. and Jack Daniel's fire, mm-hmm. and when they are ultra ultra cold, mix them together in equal parts, one and one. Mm-hmm. No mixer, no nothing. It is a phenomenal holiday drink. It's like perfect. Yep. There's also a whole bunch of others. There's um, rum chata. Like I don't I've never know. had rum chata. I, I I don't mind it, which is really weird because I don't like milk based drinks. Yeah. But it, it's it's actually uh, horchata, which is a Mexican drink, really made from rum. That's one that's out there. And then eggnog. I don't like eggnog. 
I love eggnog. Mm-hmm. So whenever I was a kid, I did not drink milk. But because it really upset my stomach and if I had like a lot of sugar in it or something like that, my, my stomach would be able to digest a little bit better. So my parents gave me eggnog like year round, like f- first few Where years. Where did they of- find it year round? <clears throat> well, back in the day, you could A, make it and B. Um, cause you can't you, make it anymore? Well, you can't, but you got to use the, uh, if you use pasteurized eggs, it doesn't come out as well. Oh. And then, but now they even have them in cans uh, that you can order offline year round. But they used to have them year round in cans, kind of like how uh, Hawaiian Punch used to come. Oh, with the key you had to like use. Yeah, the, the church key. Yes, which is really amazing that they call that a church key. And <laughs> <laughs> it's exclusively used pretty much for drinking. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, what? Since I've stolen like the top three right now, what else? Do you have? Is there any like that just remind you of an alcoholic drink that our listeners can make over this wonderful Thanksgiving holiday while they're spending quality time with their family I mean, and friends? No, I mean I've made. There's a mic right here. Still, yeah, it hasn't moved. I know. Oh, um, the only other thing I've made for the holidays is a uh, sangria and used. Um, White wine instead of red and cranberries and rosemary to make it more holiday-ish. I bet you that was pretty cool, it actually. Was, it was pretty good. It's not something I make every year, but um, that, I'd have to go find the recipe. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Give me some bourbon and some ice. That's all I need. <laughs> one of one of the drinks that uh, was made uh, for as a kid that I've seen – I don't see much done anymore – and it's because one component I know is no longer out there. I don't know if anybody did this as well, or this is just some weird thing that my family did around the holidays. But you take ginger ale and you put in Hawaiian punch concentrate, mm-hmm. which they don't make anymore, and then scoops of sherbet ice cream. And I've never done it with the Hawaiian punch. You don't have just the ginger ale or the and or, the sherbet or mm-hmm. like a Sprite. People use Sprite. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but oh man, that the the Hawaiian punch concentrate was like pure cane syrup. I it's mean, just it, like red dye number five. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. It was. It was pretty strong, but it, it was really cool because you could do like a, a little, you know, like a quarter cup, and then have an entire jar of uh, Hawaiian punch. Yeah, I've looked high and low to see if they still make it, and they don't. Mm. But uh, that's also one of the other ones that I did as a as a kid. Mm. Uh, I didn't put alcohol in it. I didn't. Drink, <laughs> as a kid, I should hope. I, I didn't drink until I was twenty one. I didn't either. Yeah. We were good. <laughs> we're making up for it now. Yeah, I was going to say, we've been making up for it since then. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what do you got this week? Okay, Considering so, we gave everybody a preview last week. Yes. So I actually got this. Um, this is, is not specifically insurance related, but you we've talked a lot about um, companies like WeWork and yes. raising – investment series and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that I saw this newsletter from Gaping Void, right? We're okay. both big fans of Gaping Void. Yep. Um, and I, I thought it was really spot on with some of the things we've talked about that I wanted to mention it. So do you know how much, you know, Blue Apron? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know how much it costs them to get a new customer with their customer acquisition cost? About- oh, I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to say $1,200. Mm, about five, 500. $500. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you know how much their average customer is worth, their average customer lifetime value? I have never known anybody that have ordered from Blue Apron more than twice. It's about $400. <clears throat> so 200 bucks a meal. That's... Well, they're, it's about 100 bucks a month for four months, so it's about $400 okay. on average. So they're losing $100 on every customer. Yep. Right? Um, 
And, and who makes that up? <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that's why their stock price has gone way downhill since its IPO. Yep. So then they go on in this newsletter to include this quote. If you wake up on a Casper mattress, work out with a Peloton before breakfast, Uber to your desk at a WeWork, order DoorDash for lunch, take a lift home, and get dinner through Postmates, you've interacted with seven companies that will collectively lose nearly $14 billion with a B dollars this year. And you're a millennial. <laughs> Most likely, yes. <laughs> if you use Lime scooters to bop around the city, download nearly... Wait, download WAG to walk your dog and sign up for Blue Apron to make a meal. That's three more brands that have never recorded a dime in earnings or have seen their valuations <laughs> fall by more than 50%. Wow. Yes. So Who wrote this? Like, I want to go buy them a gift basket or so something. That, that particular quote was from The Atlantic. <laughs> Oh, you shitting me. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. The the one rag that I use is toilet paper. (laughs) Oh, my. That's the only part they included from the Atlantic in their newsletter. But they go on to say, these businesses, right, we, we, because they're talked about so much and they have such a presence in the media and in pop culture, you would think that they would be doing really well, but they're not because they're being used by a bunch of single 20-year-olds in big cities uh, making a lot of money because they're working in these big cities for these huge technology companies. But, and this is their quote, Joe and Jane Sixpack from Kentucky... Uh, nice way of saying it. Uh, hillbilly and redneck hillbilly jane and redneck but, joe but the average american are they really using all of these companies no, no they're no. not um so and then they say so it seems we're having or about to have a day of reckoning of these sorts of dot com 2.0 right yep. we're both old enough to remember the first dot yep. com bust um we work being the most famous example of like growth is out profits are in so, wow. Yeah. Episode over. <laughs> <laughs> well, well put. I think there's there's a, there's a couple of things that are in play here. First of all, you definitely have today it seems like everybody in nearly every generation, except for those Gen Xers, those are two cool people. Um, <laughs> I is, don't know. They don't give a shit about anything. I, I don't give a shit about damn app. And, um, but one of the things is that there's a lot of FOMO. Yep. A lot of fear of missing out. And by the way, that's still the funniest story I tell is like when someone first said FOMO, I go to Urban Dictionary, what does FOMO stand for? And I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, the fear of missing out. Oh my God. Like I was the, I was the epitome of what this means. All right. So, um, but back to the story is that you have millennials that, and, and, you know, Gen Zers and all that, that, that are, they, they don't want to be left out of the latest trend. Mm-hmm. They will download. What was that app that, uh, that just took off like crazy at ACL? It was a video sharing app and it TikTok? was no, 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 no. This was like a few years ago and oh. Vine was actually kind of born of it, but it was a instantaneous video sharing app. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, I remember. It was like pterodactyl or something. It's always some bird or some animal name these days. And, um, but it, it was a sharing app 
and it just blew up and everybody was like, oh my God, what is that app? I got to do it. And then usage went down to zero. Meanwhile, Twitter made Vine and, or, you know, Vine kind of picked up and all that. And it's this fear of missing out that you're going to miss out on this app. So when you have, you're at a dinner party or something and someone goes, oh, I have this cool app that does X. Then everybody downloads it. A good example is like Starwalk or, um, or Google, Google, um, Google Sky, where you're out talking to people and you're like, oh, what is that 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 thing up in the sky? And you open up the app and then, oh, well, that's that's Mars and that there Jupiter's over here and all that. And people are like, oh, what's that app? And they start downloading. It's this fear of missing out. Yeah, that's on the younger side. Now let's talk about the older side, the ones that are actually going. You know, I, I like cooking my own meals. No, I'm not going to use that app. But there's FOMO there too. Mm. There's FOMO because they're like. Oh, well, this stock is hot. It's growing. You know, all my kids are talking about it. I see this installing it, and the kids know where things are going these days. So people throw a bunch of money in this. I know angel investors and private equities that are throwing money at stuff. I'm like, oh, man, that's the dumbest idea ever. I don't invest in the stock market that much because I only invest in things that I know. You're about to have to take a shot, by the way. Oh, it is yeah. <laughs> Aviation <laughs> is that I know um, Garmin is in some of almost all of the ma- planes made for the general aviation market these days. Mm-hmm. And so while they're, they're running devices and their wristwatches and all those types of things are in their GPS units, they're, they're just every day and you see some people buy it. They are relied upon by the general aviation community. Everything that goes – I mean there's a Garmin piece of equipment in nearly every single plane flying outside of the the big guys. And so I go, well, that's not going away, so I invest in it. Yeah. That, that Those are the types of things that I look into and say, hey, like SiriusXM. I, I am an investor in SiriusXM. The reason why is um, that's how – uh, planes communicate and get uh, radar services mm-hmm. and all that. And so I know that they're not going to go away. So it's a, it's a sound app, but a lot of these investors are sitting there going, well, I'm scared. I'm going to miss out. So I think that, that a lot of what drives this and what drives the fervor is the fear of missing out. Not that it's any unique idea. No, it's, it's certainly very telling that all of these companies that are, you hear everywhere, Right. If you listen to any number of podcasts, you've heard ads for at least half those companies I mentioned. Not whenever you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Still waiting on Frito Lay to call me. Yeah. Um, but so you would think they they must be doing well, and they're not. No. And I know this isn't about insurance, and I like that this is an off topic, but we have some of those in the insurance industry too. Oh yeah. That have never made a profit. And whenever they're sitting there pulling in a hundred million, 500 million or whatever. And my question is, why do you have to keep pulling that in? And there's, there's two schools of thought is that the only thing you need to do is if you're, if you look at their balance sheets and they're like doing a whole bunch of R they're, they're spending all this money in R and D and, and, you know, GA and general costs and all that. That's scary. Mm-hmm. You should be looking at, is that money, is all that investment money going into sales and marketing? Is that getting new marketing in? And are you getting an ROI on that, that marketing? And um, a lot of people like, like Blue Apron, they're not getting an ROI. And so who is funding that difference is the investors. Yeah. I tried it. I tried Blue Apron for a few times. 
don't know if I did it quite four times, but I definitely did it several times. And my husband ultimately told me your food's better. Well, yeah, because it's not in a baggie being sent with dry ice, and you're paying for all this packaging and dry oh, yeah, the, ice. And the packaging, I, I felt really guilty about all the packaging yeah. involved with that. Oh, yeah. Um, Babish did that. He he, he, he was like, there's a lot of packaging. I, I like binging with Babish. I'm sorry. He's one of, one of my favorite YouTube creators, watching okay. him and Captain Disillusion. Look at you, Mr. I'm a, Cap- I'm a Gen X watching YouTube. Yes. <laughs> YouTube creators, but um, you, you know, but I, I love the the stalwarts. I, I love the the Krogers and all that overcoming that. Why order from Blue Apron whenever you can order all of your stuff, have it to your house in an hour, mm. or pick it up on your way home? Do the little click list, and you pick it up on your way home, and you make it yourself. Yep. No packaging must, no 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 fuss, no must, no fuss, all that type of stuff. You're you're good. Yep. So, uh, you know, that's some of the best apps that I use on my phone is something like the Kroger app because you can order, you know, order food to have delivered or a click list and it's just ready to go. So you just grab it and go and you get all the ingredients. You make it exactly as you want. It, it's, it's almost like Blue Apron is for generations that were never taught how to cook. Well, there are people who have never been, never learned how to cook. I, 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 and I'm talking, sure. there's a lot of, I shouldn't have used the word generations. My, my bad. Did you hear okay boomer is now considered a generational insult? And of course, well, that's not shocking. Yeah. And it's because all the boomers are getting all buttered about it. Yeah. And I'm like, but how many times have they, have they said those damn millennials and all that? It works both ways. It does. Again, Gen X are in the middle just watching them. Salvas go back and forth, but uh, what's your favorite app on your phone? That's like would be considered kind of like the new, um, you know, one you cannot live without. That is not a social media, not Snapchat, not. Something I don't like use that. Snapchat anymore, hardly. Um, I don't even have my phone here. There's again, even so look at. So I'm trying to look at my phone in my head. Um, it's hard. It is hard. <coughs> Because there's not really an app that you just sit there you can't live without. When you take out like you know people that are all in Facebook or Twitter, or I mean, whatever. You, you said not counting social media, I know, so I was I was removing those. Um, you know, my I use my banking app a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's. I know what mine is, by the way. What so. is yours? Spotify. Well, I'm trying, oh, Spotify? Yeah. Um, That's and, a social network of sorts? Not really. Because you it, can like find people and listen to their, what they're listening I, to. I, I understand. But what its value that it's delivering is not the oh, social yeah. aspect. That's true. It's the music. But that's, like that's replaced my radio. But that's a you know if you think about it again this is not something like a Blue Apron or something like that it's yeah, yeah. but yeah I, I'm what what is this survey from by the way this is a, a report from Ivans okay uh, the annual agency insurer connectivity report switching gears into something more industry okay I'll let you do topics. that sorry I was I was like are we going to do a completely non insurance episode here? I mean we can we can like totally leave this and just talk about all this stuff for the rest of how much, however long we have well, no 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 that, that's what we're gonna do okay toss it aside oh, okay. all right well of the, that's a your preview for another episode if folks. Uh, if you um, if you think about apps what is the most intuitive insurance app that you've actually, or, or process, like what do you look at as going, okay, maybe that was pretty cool. I have no idea. Yeah. 
you know, the, the last one that I can actually think of, and really the technology has really gone by them is, is the go app mm. is that you could sit there and take a picture of the back of a driver's license and then rates come back. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty, a great thing for auto. And the reality is, is that now everybody can have that. Yeah. Um, anybody can put that on their website, put that on their mobile experience and actually do it. And really, I don't see any, you know, a lot of these companies are coming out with these apps for, you know, carriers that are like track your driving and, and get better scores and all that. Man, it's nothing is innovative. It's nothing is like saying, Hey, this is innovative. I think that the most valuable apps that are going to be out there in the industry are apps that are actually connecting you with your insureds um, as an agency or a carrier to providing them the value and continual value of having an insurance policy with, with whomever the agency mm-hmm. or the carrier. And, and those are, whenever I, I think about it, those are the only ones that are driving any value in my opinion, because everything else agencies and carriers should be doing themselves. Now there's, there's not a new idea that's really flowing out there. And I know there's a lot of people that try to create those, um, the glove box app, glove, glove box. Mm-hmm. They tried. Um, there's been a couple apps where, you know, you, you put your digital world all there where you take pictures of all the stuff in your house and all that. And really that's just normal commonplace for every app these days. Yeah. And, um, I, I just don't see this transformative of where apps, because where, where we are in the insurance industry is we're about 10, 15 years before behind the banking industry, as we talked about the last time on the, on the, uh, federal regulations is, um, your banking app has become everything mm-hmm. you can, you know, you make payments, you can send money to friends, you can check your balances, you can pay your credit cards. You can have, I mean, even like the Fidelity app, they have the, the one you can view. deposit a check without actually going to the bank. Who thought that would be possible oh, someday? Well, mm. I mean, you did probably because my, you're my dad's company <laughs> that made that up. You're, you're, you know, you, but yeah, but yeah. no, I, I 10 but, years ago, I never would have thought it possible to be able to deposit a check outside of direct deposit. Right with my paycheck, but someone hands me a check for something, and being able to then take that deposit in my account without actually going to my bank. Yeah, and I didn't think would ever like that. Just never occurred to me as a potential. And I can assure you, some some guy was sitting in major banks everywhere, some consultancy, Arthur Anderson, whatever. It was sitting there talking to banks and going, "Okay, what is the one thing you spend your most money on?" And they will go through and they would look at it and it's a teller sitting at a desk. Mm-hmm. Having a thirty to $40,000 resource sitting there just doing menial ta- transactions that aren't really menial to the people involved, but literally in a bank, that's the lowest job yeah. there is. And so people strive to get out of that position as quickly as possible. It's almost a rite of passage. And the insurance industry – I, I think needs to ask that questions of the inside their own agencies. And I actually think that that's a good thing mm-hmm. because I have done that exact process. I have gone to multiple agencies and sat in the corner. Now my, I was facing out. I wasn't in trouble or anything, <laughs> but um, I, I was, I sat there and watched their entire workflow throughout the day. And I took notes and in the end I said, Every process in this in, in this agency has been solved by some technology. 
that can be supplemented, that can be helped, that can, it doesn't solve it all together because you'd lose that personal touch. Yep. You know, insurance is a social business. We need to be social and friendly with our customers. However, there's like some things you just can automate quite a bit. And that's, agencies need to do that. They need to take stock of their agency and say, what do we spend the most time on? Ask all of your producers, what do you spend time on? And do that. Yeah. And then go fix that. And what you'll do is you'll whittle that down. This is not in any way, shape or form like, Hey, let's get rid of people. Why don't we retask those people to what's important to what I said earlier, focusing on sales and marketing. Yeah. And that's good. So, you know, I, I keep going back to apps in the insurance industry. And if you've seen in the insure tech space, there's been a serious uh, lack of, as we talked about last week about blockchain, but new apps coming out in the insurance space and new ideas. It's almost like, well, we've kind of hit the, we, we fixed all the little issues here and there's no money, more money to be had. And so that's why I think we've seen that lull. And we've talked about the lull this year Yeah, is that it just seems like there's no like excitement that's happening here. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely a lot of the talk and the buzz has slowed down. I feel like, and I think there, the, um, focus is more on those that have come into the space and watching to see what they do and how do they prove and can they actually make a profit? Yeah. Going back to what we started talking about, right? Um, there's continues to be a series of articles posted every quarter about um, the three intertexts. I think we've talked about one of those articles in, in a previous episode about watching Lemonade, Root, and Metro Mile. And watching the earnings that they're they're posting every quarter and comparing it to each other and seeing how they're doing and tracking their progress and you know they're still really not making money. Yeah, uh, it, you know that story that you cut me off last week on was <laughs> um, I, I I had people that are like Series A, Series B, Series C, and if you want to hear the full story, you got to go back to last week's episode. So, you know, listen twice. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, they're trying to impress upon me and I'm like, well, I, I, I make profit every single month. I mean, I make, I make, I raise, raise money, money, I raise money every single month. It's called profit. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like dumbfounded, like just, he's like, he didn't understand what I was, I was saying. And I'm like, yes, there's a point where you have to become profitable as a business. And that's what you're looking for. And it was funny. The private equity guy kind of turned to me and wanted to talk more at that point because right. he was like, Hey, here we go. <laughs> this uh, guy gets it. Yeah. This is about money. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we, we both were, I wasn't, hadn't started my career yet, but I certainly do remember the dot com bust of the early two thousands. Um, and it was because those companies didn't have a revenue model, yeah. right? And we're experiencing the same thing now, both yeah. in the industry and, you know, DoorDash and WeWork and all of that. These companies are not making profit. They, they're they spending more money than they're bringing in and it's just – it's not going to last. Yeah, and, and like WeWork, uh, they were angling them – also from last week's episode – is that they were angling themselves as a technology company first, no, you're a real estate company. Mm-hmm. And they were selling themselves about all this technology. And the, it, I saw this last week is um, they were supposed to, and they've, you know, they're laying off like almost half their staff. And, but they were supposed to be at a, a tech show. 
uh, that's not related about your space. It's Kubernetes, or I can never say it right, but it's a it's a type of technology. It's kind of like a containerization technology for virtuals and nerd 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 words and geek and all that. Beep boop beep boop. Yes, that. And no one showed up to the WeWork booth. It was sad and lonely. And people are tweeting pictures of the, of the WeWork booth, sad, lonely. And, and everybody's like, did they lay off the person that was supposed to be here? And they kept putting, putting themselves as a technology company. You have to be yourself. And I, I think that that's one thing that. Uh, agents need to really look at is remember that you're agents. Remember carriers, you are an insurance company is that technology is assistive. It's not meant to replace. It's, it's supposed to be there supportive to your customers. Amplify it, what you do. Correct. Yeah. Don't tout yourself as a technology agency because that doesn't mean a thing to the person buying insurance. You walk in there and you say, we're a technology agency. Can I have an insurance policy, please? And then in the end, they get a little piece of paper printed out and or sent to them in the mail. Because or they download it on their app. Correct. But it, it's still not, not really yeah. technology because it's about the relationship. So don't allow technology to actually replace that. Consumers don't think about it. They don't care about it. No, they don't. Until it's broken and it doesn't work. Yeah. But instead of being a technology company, why don't you focus on allowing technology to make you great and then do that? Because I mean, if 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 we work was out there talking about, we have built all these models that know every person coming in and out of our space and how often and how everything's being usage, and we use all these analytics to create predictive models that says how much space we need and all of our things and how we need to grow and how we need to like source everything. Yes, that would have been pretty cool. Mm. But you're a technology company, no. Yeah. Well, speaking about technology, mm-hmm. did you notice that I actually uh, tweeted before you about last week's episode? You did. Yes, I was shocked. Yes, uh, I mean, I couldn't. I, I mean, I, I you still don't believe it. I don't actually. I'm speechless because I'm I'm usually pretty good as soon as it drops tweeting it. So to have beaten me was yeah yeah. That's when you use an app that actually tweets at the second that you it's up, right? Oh, so you're saying you schedule? I cheated, tweet. maybe. <laughs> no, it'll, it, it says uh, uh, Twitter from uh, Android. So okay. I did it by myself. Oh, oh. Well, thanks for helping me carry the load. <laughs> My back hurts so bad. <laughs> uh, all right, so here we are. We just busted through the thirty minute mark and. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. I know. I can't wait. I gotta go home and make some pies. Pie? Mm, pie. My, my um, bourbon apple yeah. peach pie. Did you not eat? peach apple? The maple bourbon brown butter apple. Okay. Pie. Okay. Because you have one pie that has like fresh peaches in it, right? The first time I made it, I used peaches because the recipe was for a peach pie. Mm-hmm. But um, I was because I made it for that pie contest we had, and I won. It and was I was good. It was really good. And I was telling my brother in law about it. He goes, That sounds like it'd be really good with apple. And he's a huge fan of my apple pie. So I was like, You really want me to mess with my traditional apple pie for Thanksgiving? Because, you know, he's former Marine, super mm-hmm. traditional, like, you, you, you it, whole it, tradition. Yeah. And it. he goes, Yes, I do. <laughs> so I said, Okay, I'll try it. So <laughs> I made it with apples that first uh, Thanksgiving that year. And, and I was like, Okay. Everybody loved it. I was like, are y'all okay with me doing this every time instead of the other normal yeah. apple pie? And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go buy some brats 
and some hot dogs. You're gonna go hide out. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, do Thanksgiving. The the food's just yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I remember, I remember a few, few episodes ago, we were talking about how I've become like get off my lawn and all that. And I remember the other one was bacon. I don't like bacon. I don't like you. I, I know. And, and how are we friends? I, I don't know. It's just, you know, I can have bacon, like bacon tastes good. It's just, I'm not like sitting there getting, getting all hot and bothered of, oh my, this cinnamon roll has bacon in it. You know, no, it's it's not that. I don't – doesn't do it. Now, if you take that bacon, grind it up, put in a whole bunch of spices, salt, pepper, and put it into a hog's intestine and call it a sausage, pretty damn good. And so I just – I think that bacon – maybe I'm just gotten tired of it. Like I am not – this is another thing that gets me grief is that I'm not a breakfast food fan. I know. I don't understand again how we're friends. I, I know. It's just like, but how many ways can you make eggs? How many ways can you make bacon and all that? Uh, you can fry it. You can poach it. You can scramble it. You <laughs> Scrambled can... eggs. Poached eggs. Boiled. Boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you can make migas with it. You can... See, but that's getting a little off the reservation. Is that how really... is that getting off the reservation? It's eggs. Because then you put chorizo and bell peppers, and, which, and yeah, then you put onions, you put all that, and then you wrap it up in a tortilla, a corn tortilla, you put corn chips on it, and then you put salsa on it, and now it's really just a taco that's – it's meat is an egg. That's it. It's no mas. Mm. I'm done. Yeah, okay. All right. So, dear listeners, what do you think about all these companies that – are not making money. Um, do you use them? Do you not use them? Why? Hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. And subscribe if you haven't already in your favorite podcast app. <laughs> we just need to pre-record that part. <laughs> <laughs> Let go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has uh, been a pretty decent episode. You'll have to listen to the bump to see how we really think about it. (laughs) What's a bump, Larry? I don't know what a bump is, Becky. (laughs) All right. Well, it's uh, been a great episode. And as always, thanks for listening. People are like, did they end the episode? Is What's it wrong with my phone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right.
This episode sucked. <laughs> it's so flipping hot in here. <laughs> Why is it so, so hot? hot? You need to turn your air down. <sighs> All right, this episode didn't suck. I didn't think so. All right, uh, well, it's been a great episode, and all as all. <laughs> I messed it up. That was layered. I messed it up. Holy crap.